church? Hell no. Are you no longer feeling comfortable in church? This podcast is for individuals who are desperately missing God, but don't know how to find Him. Substance abuse, domestic violence, sex offenses, acrimonious divorce can contribute to discomfort in the church. For these individuals, church is just not an option anymore. Ordained minister Dennis Hall and his guests invite you to listen to this podcast for topics that are inspiring, uplifting, and will bring hope to those who just feel church is not relevant in their lives today. Hello, I'm Dennis Hall. And I am delighted to have Dr. Mark Ford, the pastor of First Baptist Church in Highlands, North Carolina, to join us again for uh, another important topic to talk about today. Uh, Last week, we talked about how Marxism seems to be infecting our society. And today, we want to change our focus uh, a little bit. And uh, and focus on something else that seems to be emerging. Uh, uh, Pastor Mark, it seems like more and more I hear people in academia and political leaders and others either claiming to be a globalist or denying that they are a globalist. <laughs> where others have accused them by virtue of their actions of being a globalist. And I think for, I, I got a feeling that most of our listeners really don't even uh, know exactly what someone means when they use that term that they're a, a globalist or that they're not a globalist. When I hear it, uh, you know, my reaction is this is someone who is uh, uh, supporting a gradual move toward uh, some kind of uh, one world social order and one world governance where national borders either don't exist or they have no significance and that they're seeking some kind of a a utopia uh, in the world based on some kind of consensus of moral principles and uh, we don't know what that means and I don't even know if that's a good description i mean what would you say to those listening today uh what we mean when we even use the word global globalism well first of all it's become a dirty word yeah (laughs) but like you pointed out if you are you're that's bad uh, and if you're not you're out of touch but globalism really just comes down to this as i see it dennis it's the global spread the worldwide spread and confluence of finances, trade, technology especially, resources, internet, and people themselves, given how easily we can travel from one side of the world to the other. The thing that that makes globalism so dangerous, and it's on several levels, but just initially for the listeners, globalism stands against all forms of tribalism, nationalism, sectarianism, but most importantly, religion. In other words, it wants to break down the walls of partitions about who we are, what we are, our cultures, our ideas, and make us all into one consolidated uh, robot, as I see it, uh, all working and thinking for the same goals and ends. But religion is what gets attacked a lot under globalism too, because 
global uh, religion by its very nature promotes the idea of, I guess, for lack of better understanding, those who have and those who have not, those who follow the Lord and those who do not follow the Lord. And we stand opposed to anything that would usurp the sovereignty uh, of God in our lives. And globalism works to do that in, in, in certain ways. Um, Revelations 13.3 talked about how the whole world marveled and followed the beast. Well, in the end times, there seems to be a picture, and I'm not... I don't get into the deep particulars of the book of Revelation, but there is a there is a message there that basically says the 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 world in the end times is working towards a global one leader, one currency kind of world that we'll live in. You talk uh, geopolitical leaders and elites, and you'll find most of them in the United Nations. Uh, they talk about things like global currency. I guess everybody's heard of cryptocurrency by now and Bitcoin. And there's a lot of movement about going towards a global currency, a central bank, uh, in, ending of national sovereignty. And, and so international identity is promoted over uh, nationalism, again, sectarianism of any kind. And uh, you're seen as digressive. If you push back against globalism because, hey, you better get on board the technology companies around the world now. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so globalism is a scary thing, given where it wants to go. Well, there's all kinds of interesting uh, uh, implications here when we start talking about this and and uh, and. So you know, we all we have examples right before us. Everything from the, you know, the World Health Organization that's mm-hmm. been talked about so much in in this pandemic, and and the role that they play have have tried to play in managing this uh, world outbreak of a, a a virus to the international money funds that are loaning <laughs> monies to uh, countries uh, all over the world. Uh, to even some of the joint uh, military things that are being done globally. I mean, uh, uh, countries working uh, together. All this has a very interesting uh, and, as you say, scary implications, I think, for the, the Christian faith. It, it, it's uh, almost as though uh, this sort of movement is uh, creating idols literally idols you know the the idol of data collection the big mm-hmm. uh, you know social media and the you know the facebooks and the role that they're playing all around the world and there's a lot of good things that come out of that but think of all of the terrible uh, moral breakdowns that we've gotten just through all of these internet activities uh you know, from uh, you know nudity and drugs and human trafficking mm-hmm. and even insurrections uh, mm-hmm. uh, being supported in some way by virtue of this new technology, which seems to be a part of this global movement. Right. Yeah. the The global movement likes to express itself in terms of things like climate change. Everybody's on board, got to save the climate and global warming. So all the nations pull together on that, working together in biodiversity. I'm one of those that believe the reason we had trouble with the pandemic is 
uh, a lab in China and the folks here in the United States were doing things they shouldn't have done and ended up with a problem there. Uh, the uh, gain to function issue they talk about. The governance right. of the internet internationally, there's talk about governing it in, worldwide. Non-proliferation of nuclear weapons, you name it. The pandemic, as you noted, we how we tried to work together as a world uh, on these things. And we're just on the edge of this, but it's moving very quickly. You were talking about the internet. Oh, I tried to get on the uh, uh, IRS site to download some uh, information from the past couple of years on there that we uh, through the IRS and they wouldn't let her do it without facial recognition. Right. She, she yeah. had to have facial recognition performed before they would let her into the site. So all of this is moving towards we want to know who you are, where you are, what you're doing, and ultimately it talks about control. In the pandemic, if it showed us anything, is just how far-reaching the national government will go to control the lives of people. Well, uh, yes, and, and, and of course, so much has been discussed and written about the censorship that's that has emerged through these social medias and all the internet technology, much of which seems to be aimed at the Christian faith. Uh, mm -hmm. So many examples of people who are expressing uh, Christian principles having their uh, you know their postings removed and and their access taken down where where there seems to be uh, uh moral principles that have nothing to do with christian faith or sometimes the antithesis of christian faith being presented uh, through this worldwide system we have that we call the internet yeah, well, uh, Christianity challenges the sovereignty as well as the, may I say, worship of the Internet and the global world, uh, because those are such major power brokers. Now, I don't know if you've heard about it, but there was a confluence of the big tech recently where China's President Xi Jinping uh, met with a handful of the billionaires who run our internet, the uh, Facebook and Apple and Netflix, Google, and China's own behemoths. Uh, they have Baidu, Alibaba, and Tencent. They all got together, from what I understand, and talked about how that they can work together for the good of the world. Well, what scares me is that means what can we do to control the world? I know that sounds conspiratorial, and some people will shut you off right there. But the fact remains, big tech is running the show in so many ways, and they're doing their best to shut down contrary voices. You pointed out their number one enemy, I think, is Christian because we refuse to buy to the of and a one world control. Well, yes, and uh, and you combine that with the you know the international money funds that are uh, going to other countries and and mm -hmm. really being supported by. Our country. So you've got, you know, the, the big data, the big tech people over here. You've got the big uh, uh, money fund idol over here. And it seems like everyone is rallying around these sort of this kind of global movement toward these large influences uh, that seem to be, uh, uh, well, I, I'll just say it seemed to be 
agnostic at best in terms yeah. of the principles yeah, uh, and, and atheistic. Uh, and so you say, well, what does this mean for uh, uh, Christianity? You, you know, we, we are commanded in Matthew 28 to, uh, by Jesus to go into all the world and make mm-hmm. disciples and teach them the things that he's taught us and baptizing in in his name. And there, are, I think it's very seductive for those of us of faith to think, well, uh, this globalism may just give us a great opportunity uh, to spread Christianity around the world as we have been commanded. Right. It's, it's, well, I, I go back to the illustration of Daniel. Remember with the three Hebrew children, and they refused to bow the knee to the, the idol of Nebuchadnezzar, which was right. nothing more than a picture of seceding empires and powers and man seeking sovereignty over his world. They refused to bow down to it. And, of course, we know that they were then thrown into the fiery furnace, which the Lord miraculously did deliver them from. But the bottom line is this. We are still living in the days of Nebuchadnezzar's idol, and we're still being asked to bow down to the sovereignty of humanism and secularism, and it forbids us who want to say, we're not bowing our knee to this, we're going to bow our knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think that that's where we kind of find ourselves at today, and I think there are some clear teachings in the scriptures of what we're to do as we combat this globalism. And the first one is, first of all, we need to worship our glorified king and no other. We've got to quit bowing to and yielding to the influence, the peddling influence, as well as the restrictions. Uh, Rod Dreher's book on uh, 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 live, live, by, live Not By Lies is, a, I think, an important book here because we as Christians are going to have to just start standing up and saying, this is wrong, this movement is wrong, this trying to shut the voice of the people of God down is wrong, and we're just going to have to let the world know we're not going to worship the world we're in or the things of the world. We're going to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you mentioned this, we've got to work for our Savior. Uh, while the world is globalizing, and by the way, there's not a thing we can do to stop this. I'm just going to put it out. We can't change globalism or globalization. But the one thing we can do is while the world is globalizing, we can get on a mission that is global. In other words, what you and I are doing right now, as long as we're allowed to, is to share the good news of Jesus Christ and share the good news of the king is coming back. The real king is coming. Uh, And that's what we've got to keep pointing to. And uh, the more we do that, the less popular we'll get because we're not bowing down to this uh, we are the world. kind. Remember that commercial on TV? They say we are the world. Right. Uh, but right. yeah, that's what everybody wants us to sing right now. And we're we're saying, no, we're not going to sing. We are the world. We're going to sing. He is the king. And that makes a big difference. Well, yes. I mean, it's uh, it's like, you know, as this as this globalization continues and you say, well, what are going to be the laws of the world as as national borders become less significant? You know, what are they going to be based on? Are they going to be based on on, on some kind of uh, 
uh, morality that's just a consensus of the people, uh, that, that we the people have decided what our morality is going to be in terms of the new world order, or is it going to be based on uh, uh, the influence of Christianity? Uh, you know, it just seems to be that we're headed in a direction from a moral standpoint, from a moral standpoint, that is the antithesis of Christian faith. It- most definitely. Uh, and as far as what the morality of the future will be, I'm afraid to say, Dennis, based on where it's gone in the last 30, 40 years. Uh, but the one thing that I think we are headed for is the control through economics. And, yeah. uh, you know, the everybody makes a great deal of the 666 and the, are they going to put a chip in our head, a number on our forehead or our hands or et cetera, et cetera. But when I look at what happens in Revelations 11 through 18, there's this clear movement towards global control through the economy. But then something happens in Revelations 18. As I say, the Jenga piece gets pulled out and the whole puzzle collapses. Uh, What we end up having right there is a movement towards uh, everybody. Everything seems to be going good under Let's just say it's cryptocurrency or Bitcoin or whatever, and the beast or the Antichrist or the one world system, whatever you want to point to, is in full control. But when that thing collapses, it says in Revelation 18, the world goes into deep mourning and weeping because they've lost everything. And I I think that, if anything, the Lord is trying to tell us through the scriptures, you put your faith in man, you put your faith in the world and this new concept of globalism and us working together. Mind you, the Tower of Babel, doesn't it? Yes, Uh, absolutely. God has a way of pulling the plug and and bringing confusion and chaos. But in the book of Revelations, this is the end times. This is the last time God will tolerate any kind of movement like this uh and i think that i think it's just me but i really putting all the stuff that's coming together we're moving in this direction it's time for god's people to get to work and it's time for god's people to show the world who we worship and also to show the world that we truly believe he's coming back right exactly you know as we uh as we sort of break down these uh, uh, national borders, even here in the United States, where you know they tell us in the last 12 months, two million people have poured across our border from and not just you know South America and Central America, but people from all around the world moving across our border, and and it seems like we have people in leadership positions in our country who are okay with being borderless, uh, sort of uh, embracing this idea of globalism. You know, why should we have national borders when people want to come and live on our land? Uh, It it just seems to be a a very good example of what Mm -hmm. happens when the national borders begin to disappear. Right, right. And that goes back to what I said earlier about the pushback against uh, sectarianism, nationalism, tribalism. Uh, borders are a nasty word. Uh, 
uh, and uh, sovereignty, national sovereignty is becoming a nasty word. And even, you know, we're hearing a lot about NATO right now and Russia and all of that. And there seems to be an unwillingness to protect national sovereignty, particular cultures or ideas. But again, all of this is working against the Christian faith and the wide open borders to the south. Uh, I feel sorry for so many of those people that are coming, but I think they're being used as a pawn in a bigger picture. Well, it sure it sure looks that way to to many yeah. of us who, who are concerned about that. And you know, as our here in the United States, as our our borders become less meaningful, seems to me that the implications from a faith standpoint, it becomes increasingly difficult to uh, to argue that the laws of this land uh, should be based on Christian principles. Uh, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, I mean, uh, I think I'm correct in saying this. One time, President Obama said that America is no longer a Christian nation. And uh, to a large degree, I think he was correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. it, we 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 lost that identity uh some time ago. Uh and uh when when we began to marginalize the Christian faith and Christian teaching uh in our schools, and for me this is where a lot of it began, is when we took uh God out of the schools and we took God out of the public square. Uh, that's where we're at now. You can't you can't bring up the message of God in schools. You can't bring up the message of God in, in the public square. They're content to push us inside our churches for now, but I think eventually they'll even want to silence that because if history has shown them anything, especially in China, you can't silence the people of God. That message keeps spreading somehow, some way. Oh, I know. I know. You know, uh, um, <clears throat> Many years ago, I had the opportunity to be in China assisting some missionaries that were helping uh, running underground orphanages, really, to assist children who were escaping North Korea. And uh, in that area of China, uh, Christians were very much underground, but they would put little tiny, like two-inch crosses on their door seals and these little children escaping from uh, North Korea, swimming across the river to escape uh, starvation mm -hmm. and the poverty were taught in North Korea to find a door that had a cross on it. Mm -hmm. And they would find these Christians in China who would get them to these underground orphanages. And, and that was such a prime example of what you're saying, no matter how hard North Korea and China were, were attempting to be atheistic and, and uh, you know, totally opposed to faith of any kind, it still existed. It could not be crushed. Pastor Mark, I am so pleased that you've been with us today. Uh, you have warned us that, uh, globalization cannot be stopped. It will continue. In fact, the scripture prophesizes that this is exactly what will happen in the uh, era leading up to the end times. It seems to me that it's much like a, a virus, a worldwide virus 
and that the vaccination for this virus is turning our attention to the scripture and embracing prayer as we've been taught. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you to our listeners who've uh, listened to us today. We hope you will join us on the next podcast. May God bless you.